0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 47 of The Fighting Goat, where your host and ghost, Somesh the Superhuman Kamra and Arjun aka Mystic Chips will get you the best action because we are back with live action in the sport of mixed martial arts. So we'll be back after this short commercial break. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. To the fighting goat, Somesh the superhuman camera and Arjun aka Mystic Chips are back, and we have had our first event of 2022. Which was on January sixteenth, Calvin Qatar taking on Giga Chikatse. Chips, we are back in yeah, action man. after four weeks. After yeah. four long weeks, it was it was such a. <laughs> it felt like it felt like a. We were punished, you know. Honestly, yeah. it, it was like a punishment. It was. <laughs> this, is the, this is the longest break I've taken from Big arts Like first week was great. You're like, ha, nice Sunday. I can do other things. I don't have to wake up at the crack of dawn. Yes. And then I was like week number two. It was like, oh, okay, good. It's feeling nice and. Like, by the third week, I was like one drug addict rubbing my hands. I like.
1: <laughs> they, where's on, the action
0: uh, where is it and I was just started watching replays of old fights old fights and even then I was like shit when is the new stuff coming and the year started off with one hell of a bang man absolutely I mean the yes. entire card top to bottom was damn good it was and, crazy you know actually, like Kathleen Chukagin was there like with Jennifer yes. Maya she picked up a beautiful uh, yeah, but, unanimous decision yeah but you know what she's becoming the notorious queen of unanimous decisions that are lackluster yes. like yes. I mean Look, no offense to Kathleen Again, She's doing what she needs to do to win, but is anybody ever going to remember her? Anybody going to remember the decision king? No. No, or not really. Nobody's not going surely. to remember that person. But in no, fact, it's, it's in the fact, she was also winning. You know, this was her last fight on the contract. Apparently, UFC are not renewing her contract. She has asked for a renewal really? and and they have declined it. They're like, nope, we're not interested in see, renewing the contract. See, that's the thing. That's what I mean. You know, it's like when you have a fighter who is still on a... You know, she can make the argument for, you know, till the cows come home, saying that she's on a winning streak, winning streak. It's also how you win, no? Yes. It's yes. the way you win. I mean, if you're winning by eking out uh, split decisions and UDs, I mean, that's just like... Uh, You know, whatever. But, you know, do you feel at some level that the UFC are slowly filtering out their 700 odd athletes? Maybe they'll get it down to 400 of the best ones and they'll have 50 or 52 banging cards like every weekend. No, I think they're also, you know, Catherine Chukagin is not young anymore. Plus, correct. every week on the Dana White Contender Series, you can can you, you can't even imagine the amount of applicants these guys get. Correct, correct. So there's uh, always fresh talent coming exactly. out. Exactly, they're constantly the machine is churning. No? So there's always people. There's always people coming from somewhere. Not to mention the kind of crop of talent that comes from Brazil for the women. Correct. Plus, plus the plus, you know, Dana White. Plus the U F and stuff. TUF, Dana White contender series, you know, normal transfers. Then of course conversations with you know with Shannon Nap at uh, Invicta. Yes. To see who the new imports or exports would be. Right. And it's one big machine, that's one big partnership I think these guys are doing. Sean Shelby's got his hands full, dude. Man, that's so crazy. You know, Just imagine you're constantly having inflow and outflow, which means yeah. the fighters that are on the roster need to be on the A-game 24-7, 365 days a year, putting on the best performance to actually be in this organization. Yeah, and, and you know, the thing is also for Kathleen Chukagin is also it's, it's a rock and a hard place because she had a chance. She's at that number two spot before the champion. Like yeah. this would be one of the first instances where a top three is getting cut. Correct. Like Correct. A top three, an active top three who, with an active winning streak is getting released. Absolutely. But okay. as you rightly said, you know, if you're becoming a decision machine, if you're not exciting, if the UFC cannot see you kind of move up the ladder, like, were you a co-main event, you know. Were you excited not really. Actually, I was first of all, I was not excited because I had to wake up at five thirty in the morning. Secondly, it was like, yeah, you know, I was excited when I heard the fight, but when it was going on, I was like kind of No snoo- Man. You know, I, I was losing I I was a little bit. For you know, somebody was, who has such a natural gift with height reach and range, I'm yeah. still finding it unbelievable that she's not stepping into her shots. Correct. Correct. She's still a little tentative and she's still. But I don't know, understand. It, you know, she it did everything. It could also be because of the extreme amount of time that she spends on the mats. And, you know, we know that some of the BJJ guys who don't want to get hit tend to behave in a certain manner and they do not kind of, you know, land in their shots. You know, see, like someone like Francis Nganu clearly knows he's, he's going to go in for the kill. Either he's going to yeah. die or he's yeah. going to kill. But with some of these BJJ guys, you know, the ones that don't like to get hit, yeah, but guys like, see, we saw a lot of guys like that in the world. We used to see guys like Damien Maya and Badoom, yeah who did enough of the striking to bring it down. Use grips, it. get in the clinch, close the distance. Got but it. she was happy just jabbing. Correct. Correct. Got it. Got it. I mean, and Got not it. even like a stinging GSP or JDS type jab, which, you know, knocked their opponents back and, you know, you know carved holes through their skull. But, Got uh, it. It's more of this pop, 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 pop kind yeah, of jabs, you know? Yeah, I mean, if you look at the end of the fight, you're like, okay, good fight, but But thank God it's over. Yeah, but 15 minutes, (laughs) my God. (laughs) Well, but speaking of 15 minutes, what about Brandon Royval who was back in the winning column? Jesus. Now that is the strategy. So that is the strategy that Chukagan could have adopted. Yes. What Bonturin did. Yes. Just enough striking and the minute he got a chance, he took it to the ground. He took it down. Yes. Yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, Brandon Royval, obviously, you know, one of the top guys out there who's proven that he is of that Mexican blood and he's going to go in for the kill. But... The main event of the evening is what we want to speak about. It's Calvin Qatar, ranked number four in the Featherweight Division, Boot to con, rank number eight, Giga Chikatse. So can G- so, actually can Giga Chikatse come in as the hype train? The topic that we're going to be speaking about today? Now, before we get to our topic of the hype train, it's just to make everybody understand a little bit of context about what we're talking about. Giga Chikatse is this Georgian kickboxer who came in with this yeah. massive hype. Like a massive, hype is normal. When you play cricket, you play any sport, hype comes Correct. in when you start winning. Correct. And and he's, you know, he's talented, he's fast, he's brutal, he's heavy. Eight he's fight got, win streak. So Eight fight win streak. So I would say hype is justified. You're coming in. And the last guy he beat was Edson Barboza. So right. your confidence is at an all-time high. Skyrocket. <laughs> but this is where a lot of legends have fallen as well. where yeah. Their bravado and their confidence has led to them getting beat disastrously. I mean, him... Okay, I understand. Be confident, dude. Whatever. It's part of the sport. And you can do whatever you want. But the thing is that calling out Volkanovski, fine. You want a title shot? Go for it. But in hindsight, I'm kind of happy he didn't get the title shot. Because can you imagine what the champ would have done? Would have mauled him. Would have killed him. Dude, Calvin Qatar mauled him. What would the champ have done? You know, and... The champ would have finished him. And can you imagine that there is Max Holloway, Brian Ortega hanging in the wings out there and Giga Chikatse who obviously you know is on an 8-5 twin streak he showed his caliber he showed all the skills to really climb up the ladder is confidently calling out the champ saying yeah you know I mean, I'm good that, I mean, you know, I don't mind running over Calvin Qatar, but what I'm looking at is Alex Volkanovsky next. And I was like, dude, does this guy have it in him? Maybe he does because he was talking fluently and he's finished off his opponents in the the past. Do you remember there was a reply tweet from Alexander Volkanovsky after Giga tried to step in on short notice. Alex said, Hey there champ, you've got a great bright future, but you've got a big target number. You're number eight. You still have to deal with the number five in front of you before you get to number one. So he's like, why don't you deal with the problem that you have in front of you? And then Giga said, yeah, it's cool. I wouldn't want to fight me either. And I was like, (laughs) okay, that's funny. I like it. That's funny. That's a nice one. That's That's a a, a nice one. Yeah. Yeah, but at the end of the day, we saw what happened. I mean, Calvin Qatar, a little backstory on him has not been active for the last year and a half or so. Yeah. Due to a fight with Max Holloway that took place in 2021, 2020 or 2020, early 2021. Yeah. That fight had recorded the highest amount of hand strikes or strikes thrown in a mixed martial arts fight that rivals the amount of strikes thrown in a boxing fight. Boxing Man. is a lot more faster. The pace in boxing is a lot faster. Obviously. So the amount of strikes thrown, are uh, the volume of strike thrown are much higher. But it was one of those record setting fights where, you know, we saw Max put on the kind of performance that you will see from, you know, it was just, I don't have words to describe it. The kind of performance he put on. It was, right. it was an orchestra. It was symphony of destruction. The way he beat him up. He was talking trash. He was looking at the commentators and talking trash. He was not looking at his opponent and still hitting him. I mean, props to Calvin Qatar, how he is, the way he has come back and recovered. Because we all were worried, man. Yes. That kind of beating requires would have been a year's suspension easy. Well, but the fact that he came back versus a top contender, a high train in Giga Chikatse, and there was a judge that scored 50-44. Sorry, hang on. Uh, You're the, you said Giga was going to win. You (laughs) would say. Sorry, uh, I can't, uh, I can't hear you. What? (laughs) I think we need to revisit that entire thing. (laughs) Hello? Arjun, I can't hear you. (laughs) How convenient. Well, there was one judge that scored it 50-44. Man, that's Which means one round was a 10-8 round in the entire five rounds. One was a a 10-8 round. Easily, could have been. And the other judges clearly scored at 50-45. So it was an eye-opener. It was an eye-opener, you know, where class is always classy. I mean, no matter what Max did to Calvin Qatar shows how good Max Holloway is. But man, the top five in the UFC are... The thing is, the thing is that after in defeat, Calvin Qatar didn't say a word. He went straight back to the drawing board. He knew he he had gotten outclassed and embarrassed. He knew it. He didn't say a word to anybody. He just went back to the drawing board and we saw the improvements and the changes he's made. Absolutely, he's yes. looking like he's looking sharp. He's looking creative. He's looking like an animal. But Giga, it's a lot of people and a lot of fans online were turned off by what he said. He was like, oh, you know, you caught me on my bad day. I would have beaten you nine out of ten times. Now that's a horrible thing to it's, say. You know it's why? So loser statement, you know? You know, when Calvin Qatar lost versus Max Holloway, as you rightly said, he just went back to the drawing board, he worked on himself, he came back after a year plus. And he showed what he's really made of. Exactly. Now, Giga Chikatse, even in the post fight conference, was saying, as you rightly said, that oh mm-hmm. I would have beaten him nine out of ten times. It's a it's a very sore loser kind of It's like Aldo. It's like imagine Aldo versus Connor. Connor knocked yeah. him out in forty-five seconds. I I can understand Aldo saying that. Yeah. Yes, that was a flash yeah. knockout. You lost in 45 seconds. Yeah. Dude. You got beaten up for 25 minutes in every conceivable fashion. You were gassed after the second round. Your strikes are not coming. The Giga kick shut down from the second round onwards. Absolutely. I'm not mocking anybody. But at the same time, I'm just saying that, you know, it's not, you don't talk trash when you got hammered for 25 minutes. Hammered means there was not even a moment where you looked like you were kind of winning the fight. Correct. Correct. There was not even that moment where he was in it, to be honest, you know, his hardest shots were absorbed by Calvin like it was nothing, man, you know, it just goes to show that if you're humble and you're just working on what you have to do, results, results and results, you know, you can, you can talk your mouth through, you can be a Conor McGregor, you can earn all the money, but that's why there's only one Conor McGregor, because even though he talked, he still got it done. Correct. He still, he still delivered what he had to, you know, exactly. When you say knockout round number two, He got it done. That's why it right. was called Mystic Mac. Got it. And that's why you're called Mystic Chips. Because I have won again. <laughs> and <laughs> I said it would be a decision. I would Oh say my a decision. God. And oh I my to, somebody God! Somebody needs to start, guys. Everybody hearing me, just start putting money on me, man. Just start putting money. Me, start putting money. <laughs> oh God, I love this. I love this. No, but <laughs> apart from this, in the entire world of uh, you know, in the entire world of mixed martial arts, which is you know, been coming out, it's been a long break for a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people have been working. The world of boxing has been enjoying itself. World of MMA has been enjoying itself. We have a very big looming question that's coming from a lot of people who have written to us on TFG on our Instagram page. Yeah. Is that what's going to happen in the following week? And for that, I keep... Oh my God. What's going to happen in the following week? What is the status of the heavyweight division? What is the status of everything? And to you guys, I say you'll have to wait till the end of the show because right now we're going to go into a quick commercial break where we come back and talk about, well, the hype trains in MMA and boxing and whether they worked out or didn't. But to find out more, stay tuned. You've been listening to Uh, Somesh Kamra and Mystic Chips only on The Fighting Goat. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to yet another cracking episode of The Fighting Goat, where Mystic Chips and Superhuman Kamra are going to be speaking on hype trains. Now, hype trains basically means extremely hyped fighters who came into organizations. Performed well, delivered, or they got derailed. And we have our personal lists of the hype trains. So Chips, Mystic Chips is going to have five picks and superhuman camera. I have Adana. five picks? No, no, I don't have any five picks for the hype train, dude. No. <laughs> well, Actually, I do, I do, I do, I do. I have five picks for sure. So in all, we're going to be having 10 of the hype trains that came into various organizations, be it One FC, be it Brave, Mm -hmm. be it, you know, the UFC or Bellator or boxing. And we're going to see how they fared. Please, ladies and gentlemen, join in. Let us know who are the hype trains according to you. And we would be giving you some exciting fighting goat merchandise. You know, I'm pretty sure I've left a couple of people off the list. But there are, you know, hype trains, just to make everybody understand, clarify better, are the surges of talent that have come into any organization. Whether it's cricket, whether it's that. I'm not talking about longevity. If after five years, you can't call somebody a hype train. Then the hype is justified. If somebody's winning, the hype is justified. But we call it for that period of time when somebody steps in. Correct. And then, and everybody is is, is at a pivotal moment. Either you love the person and you want to see them win, or you hate the person and you want to see the train derailed. Correct. and I think there is one fighter who Mr. Somesh Kamara wants his train to derail very badly. I mean, it's not a nice thing to say train derailment, but I train derailment, absolutely. Mr. Kamara, we're going to start off with you at number five. Oh, God. So for me, number five is <laughs> when Uriah Hall stepped into the octagon. So he was a contender oh, on the ultimate yeah. fighter. You know, see, because he's still an active fighter on the roster. Mm. So, you know, he was a cast and crew of TUF, which is the Ultimate Fighter Season 17. Mm. And he had this moment where he had a spinning knockout. So he had a spinning heel knockout in TUF. And Dana was like, wow, Dude, you know, that was horrendous. You that, know, this guy is like the next Anderson Silver. Yes. So he was positioned and propositioned to be the next Anderson Silver. And he was signed on by the UFC because, you know, he looked good, this black guy, six pack, tough, lean guy. You know, he's flexible, he can throw his legs here and there. But what a disappointment! You know, when everybody thought this guy would be the next big thing in the UFC, he turned out to be a flop show. Where he lost his first couple of fights, then he won a couple of fights, and he moved weight categories. You know, just didn't basically live up to the, the hype. hype. Was not justified. So the basically the hype was not the justified. hype was not justified. Uh, he was positioned to be this you know masterclass guy who was coming in who will kind of you know again be the next Anderson Silva. But didn't live up no, to the hype. I'm so, so sorry. That is not even close. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, number five is Uriah Hall. Okay, for me, number five is um, has been uh, Giga Chikatse, actually. Oh, because, Giga uh, Chikatse. Wow. wow, he fought, wow. He, he's had such a great run in the UFC. He had eight fights. But a lot of people criticized him saying that he wasn't facing top-level competition. Correct, And that is a, an argument for a lot of current fighters we are seeing. I don't want to take their names because in case we mention them, then we'll talk about them individually. Yeah. Uh, so Giga came in with an eight-fight win streak. He had a lot of heat behind him, had been winning some good fights. The only notable name I would say has he had taken on was uh, Edson Barbosa. Yes. I Nothing to take away from Giga Chikatse, but let's say that Edson Barbosa of 2010 would have been a very, very different Edson Barbosa. Right. To face. I mean, right. these guys are the, at the twilight of their careers, you know. Got and it. still, Edson Barbosa, no excuses for him, man. He's still a brutal animal. Um, but Giga did the job, got the job done, and then started talking trash, and then started talking trash about the champ, then started talking trash about his opponent. And we just saw what happened. That thing oh, that thing, derailed fast. We knew it from the after the first round, what was going to happen. We saw it. He was not prepared. And it is the oldest story of the book of how a train derails. Oh man, you know, that is such a good example because it's recent. It just happened, ladies and gentlemen. It just was this Sunday days ago. that the Giga Chikatze hype train got derailed. Yes, sir. On my number four is one of the most devastating knockout artists who's not there in the promotion at the moment. But I feel Mirko Krokop was one of the biggest hype trains that got derailed when he moved from Pride into the UFC. When actually, the, you mean not you're not counting his pride career only? UFC no, career, uh, because he moved from the ring to the cage, and before getting in the octagon with the UFC, he had faced or I mean, he had defeated Josh Barnett, he defeated Randleman, he defeated Mark Coleman, he defeated Wanderlei Silva, and he defeated Sakuraba. And that was the list of the killers that he beat, but when he came into yeah. the UFC. His first fight was versus this guy called Eddie Sanchez that nobody knows that obviously. It was a he tune-up beat. fight. It was a tune-up fight. You know, and his second fight was versus Gabriel Gonzaga, and we know how that went. Oh my God, I were It's etched into, it's tattooed into my memory. I will Abs. never forget. He crocopped crocop So cro crocoped. Cro-cop. Yes, correct. He yes. crocoped, crocoped. I'm using it as a verb because <laughs> being crocoped means when crocop used to fight, they used to call his left. They used to say right kick hospital, left kick cemetery. Yes. So if yes. he hit you with that left kick, you will be knocked into the multiverse. Yes. Some Doctor Strange will have to find you and bring you back. Absolutely. So he lost versus Gabriel Gonzaga. He man. then he then lost versus Czech Congo. Junior Dos Santos was there as well. Yes. And it was went on the all, biggest losing streak, man. It was all downhill from there. So there was this absolute, absolute killer in pride moved into the UFC. Mm-hmm. And and he had this hype he had this massive hype of the Croatian cop that's coming into the octagon, mm-hmm. and just failed to show up. He just, I mean, it was not the same person that came into the octagon, to be honest. And that's true. That for me is at number four as so, the derailment of a major major hype train. So, uh, for me, at number four was uh, there was a fighter called Miles Jury in the. Oh yes who is now currently fighting in Bellator at the moment. Yeah. Miles Jury, when he was in the UFC, was 25 years old. He was this young buck who was, you know, trying to call out everyone and anyone. Right. And he made the mistake of calling out a Mr. Donald Cerrone. Oh my God. And Cowboy Cerrone made it so clear that that boy didn't belong. He made it so clear, all the hype coming in. I remember even the commentators were saying that, you know, Miles Jury is this, he's the next cut, he's the next crop. Yeah. But, Damn, Cerrone put a beating on him like I've seen. It's like a older brother hitting his younger brother. You like know, the I beating think he put on him. I think this was a signature combination where... No, the, no, no. The, that was against Al Iquinta. No, no. This was the fight where Miles Jury at the end of the third round, Donald Cerrone was so pissed off... He oh, he was, went on kicking him. That one just kicked him so hard. He was oh, screaming my at god. him, saying that, "Oh, talk all the shit now." He's like, "I don't care if my shins break." And he was smacking. Oh he was my hammering god! Hammering Miles Jury, and Miles Jury couldn't do anything. His hands were on his back, and it, he was his hands on his head, trying to get Cerrone into his guard. And Cerrone is like, "I don't need to get into my guard. I'll just whip you from here." Oh my god! And literally after that, we did not hear a peep from Miles Jury absolutely i don't know it when, was, who he fought next when he got released he was relegated to the undercard I It was know. over and done with to be honest yeah. it was that, was that train derailed quickly and swiftly absolutely absolutely oh my god that, you know that's such a good pick because it kind of was not in my mind you know because you always think of the top guys at derailed yeah. but miles jury is such a good pick Man, miles jury you know crazy crazy but we've got crazy. some good fun picks of, of hype trains that have succeeded so right, at right. Number three, what do you got, Mr. Cameron? Well, I am actually talking about the hype trains that have derailed because I have a few names in that list. Okay, I'm going to talk about the, the some of the ones that succeeded as well. Right. So number three for me is Super Sage, not cut. Oh my God! I remember <laughs> Super Sage, not cut. So he was the fans used to call him the new Dana White prospect. Absolutely. So. Super Sage Northcutt is like this karate built kid. He's made for Hollywood. To be honest, no, no, he has, he has Tiger Shop's body. Yeah. He so put, so he's, eyes. he's so, so, so aesthetically good looking and he has a spike hair, blonde guy, Correct. good, good jawline. And as you rightly said, you know, he's like the Tiger Shroff. He could off. be an extra in a boy band also. Huh? Absolutely. You know, it- he can. You know, I want is it that no, way. No, but yeah, but Super Saiyan's not cut for me is at number three. Because this guy came in from, you know, uh, the Contender series. Hyped, hyped as always. The flashy kicks. He was jumping here and there. It was almost like Tiger Shroff in this movie called War. He was, on any movie type of Tiger Shroff. Correct, but oh my god! I mean, no movie he, can define Tiger Shroffs jumps, dude. He can <laughs> any movie. Absolutely, absolutely, he can. Yeah. You know, do it's do what choice, he likes. But oh my god, you know he, <laughs> <laughs> man. Now I'm and, of Tiger jumping around. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, let's get back to Super Sage not cut. He yeah. only had his his inaugural UFC debut fight as a victory and it all went downhill from there. I don't, I don't remember the name, but I know that he kind of won his first uh, UFC fight and post that it's just been downhill and the amount of opportunities he actually got to prove his talent. And after a while, even, even Dana White can't do much, you know, they, they had to, they had to release him. He went down to one championship and got his cheekbone, his orbital bone, yeah, cracked in that. his first no, no, fight. That was dream. It was glory kickboxing, I think. No, it wasn't one. Are you sure? It was one? 100%. It was in one championship where that brutal right cracked. No, him. no, no. I think, Sumesh, that was in the ring. It was in a the ring. Then that's not, that's not one. It happened in a ring. I huh. think it was in glory kickboxing. I think it was. I think it was. He, he didn't, one go, to one yet. He didn't so, go to one. He didn't go to one. No, okay, okay. No, so, you I know, think it was in a glory kickboxing where he was taking on a very, very high level, uh, high level kickboxer, French okay. kickboxer. Okay, and he got he all, all that he needed one punch to land, and that one punch broke the side of his face. Oh my god, that was so 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 brutal. I just cannot get over that, you know. That still kind of rings a bell in my head, and the way he got knocked out was unreal it was unreal you know oh oh no, my I mean, god that was the quintessential end of that train the hype train i don't know it, it was uh, sage notcut is a very good pick because i remember him there was a lot of hype behind him and then it just didn't materialize right know. right it didn't it didn't you know it was just something else altogether and you know, he, he, in fact, even uh, lost to Mickey Gall and that was his last fight, I guess, in the UFC. And then, yeah they- he, I mean, he lost to Mickey Gall. Mickey Gall was, well, another hype train. Actually, it was, no, that would be unfair to call it a hype train. Yeah, he CM wasn't Punk, a hype train, you know. CM Punk, uh, who oh, was yes. uh, Mickey Gall. No, but CM Punk didn't have a hype train at all. He fought once with, against Mickey Gall and then he just disappeared. Yeah. There yeah, was no yeah. train to hype up anymore. Correct. But uh, coming oh, sorry. to my number three pick is one of the most favorite fighters uh, that Mr. Kamara's of Mr. Oh, Kamara's sorry. life. I just checked. So, it was in one championship only. Really? I'm yeah. sorry. I made a mistake then. I, I, yeah. remember being it, I remember it being in a ring. Yeah. So, one championship has a cage and the ring. So, oh, it, has, yes. it has both but the format. Sweet Thai fights. Correct. And Sage cut, lost in the first round in 29 seconds. 29 seconds. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The opponent was Cosmo Alexander. That's true. That's true. Cosmo Alexander was, oh my God, how could I forget? Cosmo Alexander is a hell of a kickboxer. He is. He's a vicious guy. Anyway, coming oh to my, my, my number three pick, actually, my number three, My who which I was originally going to say, I'm going to make it to number two because I have an old school number three pick. Oh, nice. A high plane that did not really take off there was a man called Todd Duffy who had come oh, to yes. the UFC as a prime prospect heavyweight. This is before his, uh, when he came before coming to super fight league and all that Yes, uh, jazz. I remember him. He was this prime prospect who had scored one of the fastest knockouts. Yeah. Against Tim Higg in in like eight seconds or seven seconds or some, some such number like that. Yeah. Yeah. And he came and he landed this boom, one shot and was, and he was like walking around like, yeah, this is the, you know, this is the way it's going to be. Yeah. And, that train just derailed like that because oh I don't even remember God. how quickly that went. I don't remember him even facing a top contender. He didn't yes. face the juniors, he didn't face the Canes, he didn't face the Vadooms. He oh, faced that, the- that's the next level of competition, to be honest. You know, and Todd <laughs> Duffy was completely hyped. I so agree with you. No, he was he was touted to be this, you know, this new heavyweight prospect, correct? And he, he also had that, you know, he had that imposing physique. Got it. He had imposing, he had the gigantic muscles and had the power, had the power to do it at heavyweight at heavyweight and just couldn't, he just didn't. He also, I remember his last fight was at K1 kickboxing in K1 versus Alistair Overeem. Yeah. This is before Alistair Overeem came into the UFC. So this is clearly before 2015. Correct. And uh, I remember that fight where Overeem just need one, need him into oblivion. My god, oh, this was that over god. him that you know was just kneeing people left, right, and center like prime over him. Man, oh man, I don't know. It he was... took a New Year's Eve card or something, uh, in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> he was doing a New Year's Eve card in, uh, with Overeem in Japan, and sadly, that and didn't sadly, work out. <laughs> it didn't work out. And how, dude, oh my god, that was you the know, last we heard of Todd Duffy. Todd was, Duffy, you know, Todd Duffy also, I think, fought in Mumbai in the Super Fight League. He fought in uh, he fought in uh, in Chandigarh, in Chandigarh. Chandigarh. Okay. okay. Along with uh, that's the remember that picture I showed you that iconic picture of uh, Todd Duffy choking me. And yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Luke Rockhold choking me and Todd Duffy holding my nose to make sure I can't breathe. I'm smacking his hand away. <laughs> oh my god. That was a but great memory, man. Todd Duffy, absolutely. So we are now down to the top. Two of, Who's mis- your number two, my of Mystic yeah. Chips and Superhuman camera. So I initially was looking at CM Punk as my top two. Uh-huh. But somehow CM Punk didn't hide, you know, he didn't have that Brock Lesnar kind of hype behind him There was him no when train. Was, there was no train. You know, he was uh-huh. obviously following Brock's footsteps and he said, you know, I'll move from professional wrestling to MMA. And, you know, after that, Mickey Gall lost it all kind of. Went downhill right. for him, right. you know. Right. But I would not consider him as a hype train because he didn't get enough hype. Right. For me, number two would be Mike Perry. I Mike think Mike Perry. Because Mike Perry was this guy who's had some street. F- so he's like a Kimbo Slice who is still relevant. Kimbo Slice would have actually been a great one. You know, <laughs> so I was in fact thinking of Kimbo Slice also, the late Kimbo Slice. The late. But I was like, let me speak about somebody who's still there and, you know, slightly relevant and stuff is Mike Perry. Because when Mike Perry came onto the scene, he was known as this guy who fought in boxing, fought in kickboxing, fought on the roads. No, and mm-hmm. now soon to make his BKFC debut. Knocking out everybody. You know, knocking out everybody. Car, plant, everything. Dar plant, the the old people, tourists, photographers, uh, yeah, flagpoles and, and, and men, women.
1: This is a
0: game of GTA. Correct. Correct. Yeah. You know, so is Mike Perry. Correct. So Mike Perry came in and he was this extremely hyped guy who could knock your light. Yeah, he could, he could put your lights out in a split second. But that man. one loss to Alan Joban.
1: Yeah. When
0: he lost to Alan Joban, post that it was all downhill. I, I think right now he's probably on a four or maybe five fight losing streak, and then he got cut from the UFC. Yeah. But that one loss changed everything. His mindset changed. He started moving camps. There was there was a time when know, his girlfriend used to correct, corner him. Exactly. And I you couldn't know? understand what was happening in that place because he was such a good fighter. Correct. If he had just gone to a proper camp and we spoke about the importance of camps so many times. Correct. We speak about it on our Sony shows. We speak about it, we speak about it on the Ultimate Guy to UFC on Facebook. Correct. And uh, we talked about the camps, man. I, I don't know what went wrong. I think it's that loss like you said rightly. Yeah, so the Alan Joban loss just completely changed his mindset and it was all downhill from there. So for me, the clear number two in this scenario is Mike Perry. That's a good one. Mike Perry is a very good pick. But I'm going to go a little on a happier tone. I'm going to go (laughs) up in now. now, I've said three negative. I'm going to say two two positive now. Okay. (laughs) tricks that have really, really come out. I would say at number two was another heavyweight who came in with the hype of the world was Brock Lesnar. He came Oh in my with God! so much hype. But the funny thing is that even though in his loss to Frank Mayer, his yeah. train didn't derail. He yes. Was, he was like, okay, yeah, you caught me. It was more of a, remember when we interviewed uh, Steve Mazagadi? Yeah. And when Steve Mazagadi made it so clear, like he still, people still came up to him and said, you know what, like you f***ed up. But Got it. Steve was doing his job. The Got shots it. to the back of the head are illegal, especially from a heavyweight like Brock Lesnar. Two hammer fists to the back of your head, you will have two concussions per shot. Absolutely. And he was right in signing it up because Brock was looking like he was going to pummel Frank Mayer. But the way Brock came back his, yeah. in his consequent fights against Heath Herring, his he won the belt against Randy Couture. His hype train continued, 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 continued. He became a two-time champion. Uh, sorry, it's not called two time. When you've lost and then you regain it, then it becomes two time. Correct. But he defended his belt twice. Yes, he defended and his belt twice. Yes. Once was against uh, Frank Mayer, and then the second time was against Shane Carvin. Shane Carvin. Only then to lose to uh, Kane Velasquez Kane and Velasquez, retire yeah. from the sport altogether. Yeah. So but I would call that Brock's hype train was justified because he came in Absolutely. as a WWE superstar who had a high end wrestling pedigree. Who, had, who was an NCAA Division One wrestler, but the way he, ch- you know, we we so much we talk about chaining wrestling into into MMA. Yeah, Brock was one of the first few heavyweights that chained that, apart from Mark the Hammer Coleman. Yeah, you saw. Brock was one of the fastest heavyweights we ever saw. Well, also, so quick. you know, what people may not realize is that the pick that you made was so apt because when the UFC and Dana White knew that the numbers were dropping, Brock Lesnar was the one that actually got the numbers up. So can you imagine he yeah. fought on UFC 100, one yeah. I remember that, yeah. And then he was got back for UFC 200. I think that was against Mark Hunt, right? Yes, he fought on UFC 200. Man. And that is a hundred pay-per-views apart. He man, was he crazy. was still relevant. He he's is still, still relevant. If we come he's, back today, also he'll be relevant. Absolutely. So, man, what a high. I feel he's on a hype train. He's there as a catalyst. He's he's always going to be relevant. No, but I, I mean when he till came, the in, end. we when he came in, when he came oh, in, yes. Oh, yes. a lot and of people, you know, had, they, he had so much of hype behind him. And he delivered. Dream, he delivered, he became man. the champion. He was wow. the first entertainment athlete to come over. People thought The Rock would do it. Rock tried, Batista did it, Batista failed at it. A lot of guys tried it. Bobby Lashley tried it, Bobby Lashley failed at it. Yeah. Uh, And Brock was the only successful athlete with all that hype coming behind him. Absolutely. And become, defend his belt twice is is something to applaud in its own way. Absolutely. That's my number two pick. Now we're going out to... the drum rolls have come. Number one on the hype train one. again. See, guys, this is a personal bias, you know. So oh, I, oh, I, you knew know, where you were going? I, I, knew, I know, I know, I you guys. Say it, so. <laughs> you know, I knew that you guys may agree with me, may not agree with me, but that's fine. I just feel if somebody has to be hype, they need to have the skill or the marketing tools, or they need to have something. So for our me, private jets or private jets, our their private own hair, <laughs> hanging out with Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> but yeah, so for me, the, the hype train, which is still relevant, which I feel does not deserve the hype is Sugar, Sean or Ay, Your so, hate is very, very clear. Huh? Yeah. So you're not hiding it anymore. No, <laughs> no I, I'm not. I'm not hiding it anymore <laughs> because, you know, the man who <clears> in <throat> the UFC beat somebody like Andre Sukhamat. There was Jose Quinez. There was Eddie Wineland. I mean, I'm pretty sure you guys don't even know who these guys are. Eddie Weinman, come on. He's a legend in his own right. But of course, 15 years too late. Yeah. But so when this particular gentleman was put against top level competition, his next fight was versus Cheeto Vera. Marlon Cheeto Vera. Marlon Vera. You know, which happened, I think it was last year. I think you cried also, no? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. It was it was in the year two thousand twenty. Sorry, I mean I still think it's two thousand twenty one. You shared a tear, no? You shed a tear, no? So out of out of happiness. So when <laughs> when Marlon Vera beat Sean O'Malley, of course, you know I see it's it's a fight. People win, people lose. But the fact that he says he's still undefeated after that fight. Ah, that is the thing. Goes to show the attitude (laughs) and the fact that he wears robes. So he's 16 and 1 at the moment. And he's obviously beaten people like, you know, Terry on where David Nuzo, Raul and Paiva, Chris Moutinho. The Chris Moutinho fight was excellent. I still think Moutinho won. Thomas Mm -hmm. Almeida. So after losing to Chito Vera, he went on to beat Thomas Almeida. Yeah. He went on to beat Chris Moutinho, who sadly doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. And then he went on to beat Rowland Piva. Paiva. So, dude, just Moutinho doesn't need a bloody Wikipedia. He's I a f- f- legend. He is Wikipedia. He is the whole of <laughs> Wikipedia. It's him only. Raoul, so, I, <laughs> so my point is that somehow when they put Sean O'Malley versus good level competition, he failed. Huh. And now they're trying to rebuild him. So he's one of those hype trains that I tell feel. Me, tell, me tell me something. Tell me something. How much does it, how much does it bug you that they're not throwing him into the top 10? Uh, see, you know, his loss versus Chito Vera obviously showed them the fact that you know it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So,
1: what I mean, bugs
0: you more? What bugs you more? That, that he gets uh, fifteen or seventeen top fighter, top fifteen above fighters, or does he come in on a on a private jet? well both <laughs> well both because i believe the ufc are trying to build him you know as maybe the next mcgregor or i don't know i don't know because he comes in these flashy clothes he has a robe that says 15 and 0 even though he's yeah. 16 you know even though he's he's uh, you know 16 and 1 you know it's almost you know it's almost going to what? i'm saying new cuff parade correct so, <laughs> you know so i mean That's- i mean i don't i don't understand this for me the number one slot clearly is, it, is, is sugar, sugar Shuk- Malley. That is a hype train that is supported by a promotion. Uh, even though his skill level, okay, I'm not saying his skill level is bad, but we saw how it went down do you, with Marco. Do, do you want a now. separate episode to talk about this? Because clearly are some <laughs> issues coming out. You want a separate episode? We'll do it. <laughs> well, No, I, I don't think he deserves so much time on the fighting goat because a fighting goat is the only legit... <laughs> MMA boxing, we, we try combat to be, sports. We podcast. try to be impartial. Sometimes we try to be impartial. Try. You know. You know. See, it's like on the Sony show, <laughs> we have to be impartial because we are hired Actually, by we a certain organization. Hmm. Right now, you know. Luckily, IVM podcast and the fighting world, we can speak our minds and be absolutely transparent out <laughs> here. So, ladies and gentlemen, my number one pick is Sugar Sean o it's a Manny. Slightly, that was slightly an emotional speech. <laughs> you yes. know, it was seven minutes. Was you a know, little you know, it was like that it felt personal. You know, it was say like that Karthik ka Arjen ka monologue from Pyarka Panchnava. <laughs> Correct. I remember that vividly, man. <laughs> but let's see. My number one pick, I was torn between a couple of fighters. You know, where, right. is, if you look at the... I greatest, was not... <laughs> The greatest hype streaks. Well, you were never. The greatest. You know, but the thing is calling Anderson Silva hype was never. He was never needed hype. He was just that great to begin with. No, he just lived up to the hype. Correct. So, and even guys like Aldo. There's no hype train. There was no yeah, train. Yeah. But somebody who was a polarizing figure, who had love and hate throughout his hype train journey, was the notorious Conor McGregor. Oh. That train yes, was... Yes. That hype train... Got was so out there, was so out there, so out there. The guy was taking on every challenge. I got to give him props, man. A lot of people gave him a lot of gas. Singer, oh, he fought Dennis Siver. Yeah. But then he stepped in against Chad Mendes in short notice when he was supposed to fight RDA, for
1: yeah.
0: Rafael dos Anjos for the belt. He yeah. stepped in against, and we saw that. You know, the thing is that I'm not going to. This is not a story about train derailment. This is a, somebody who lived up to the hype, despite yes. losing. You know, yes. a lot of guys, yes. a lot of guys, a lot of people think that just because you lose, your train is derailed. It's yeah. also an attitude to losing. It's an attitude to winning. It's an attitude Correct. of how you deal with it. Correct. And Connor, he took on, he took on Nate Diaz in 10 days notice and Nate shocked the freaking world yes. that day. Connor was had to stay off the internet boards for a while. Because but you know, <laughs> in the post-fight conference, he did say that yes, I have lost. He acknowledged the fact yes, and and, and, and he excuses. said and he said I'll just come back. And you know, I have a take on this. So after you're done, I, I actually have a few segments on yeah, this, but yeah, you no, know, because you know that is such a beautiful pick. Because Conor McGregor not only was a high print, exactly, I, I personally feel he carried the UFC from but, where they were. To 4.2 billion dollars. But, but see, that's where that's that's see, that's the point that I was I was I was getting at. It's his hype that grew, the legend grew. Yeah, and it's it's what he became over the years. It's right. what he became. He was he was not born this talking brash talking businessman. Yeah, it started when he I remember he started when he said he's like the the fighting Irish are coming over, fighting yeah. Irish are coming over. That entire he started a movement, so that hype was solidified, it was justified, whether in win, loss or draw, it doesn't matter anymore. Colin Correct. McGregor's hype will always exist. Absolutely. It's like 10 years from now, it's like, it's like, if you give you a simple example for guys who don't follow MMA, it's like calling The Rock back to WWE. That's what they do because Man. his hype is so huge. Correct. His fandom and stardom is so huge that the hype will never die. Well, people will still be excited to see The Rock. Well, also what he does outside the cage is also very, very important. You know, the fact that he drives these flashy cars, you know, he's doing donations. He has a whiskey yeah, business. It's called a Mac life. It's called a Mac life. Yes. Profile. Yes. You know, got some I, 200 million followers. So I completely agree with, you know, the hype train on to, you know, and maybe, to, become a, to become the two-time, two-division champ, to become a two-division champ, to yeah. break his leg and want to come back and compete, To want to fight that way, you know, is that he's got that hunger, despite having all the money, he's got the hunger. So it's such an interesting, It's it was when I was thinking of the hype trains, I was like, you know, that was one train which people wanted him to lose so badly for so many years. Yeah. He kept proving them wrong. When he lost, he actually gained more fans in loss. Yeah. Than in his victories. When he lost to Nate Diaz and came back, a lot of fans started respecting him saying, you know what? Shit, this guy put in the work. Well, also what happened in that entire situation when he lost to Nate Diaz the first time, it was his coach who told him, you know, so coach John Kavanaugh told him, listen, let's just go back to lightweight. Let us compete and let us just try and get that belt. And he was, no, I have to avenge that loss and it's going to be at 170. Dana White, Sean Shelby, his own coach, his own management said, let's go down to lightweight. And he said, no, it's going to be at 170. He made his team believe in him and he came back and he won. Um uh, by one point. No, you know, see, he won. He won, decision. you know, uh, close call, <laughs> what, whatever that may be. But I can't help it. I'm a DS fan. You know, I mean, me too. You know, I'm I'm a huge DS fan. But at the end of the day, when we see the records, that he came back and he won in a weight category where he's he, did, he wasn't did. that comfortable at that point of time. He did. He, did. You know, and so it was so very, beautiful. It was actually a very, very great career. And the career is not over yet we might see him come back and face off against who knows Charles Oliveira this year. Who knows? We never know. know. We never know. We never know. But also, you know, one very interesting aspect about Conor McGregor, you know, since I've worked with the UFC very closely and, you know, in my visits there, you know, when we have a team meeting and stuff like that, Mm. the top brass of the UFC Hmm. respect McGregor to a level where they've actually told me, now this is all backdoor conversations which I'm going to be revealing here. They've actually Mm. told me that this guy genuinely doesn't care who he fights. He said he will step up for the company on two days notice, two hours notice, two weeks notice, and he said he literally doesn't care if he's fighting in 145, 55, 170, 185. He will go up to any weight category as long as it's the co main event or the main event. And he's some fighters to are in. taking two two years to decide. Some Absolute. fighters are still taking two years to decide. I'm not <laughs> well, going to say, oh, you know who it is. I'm not gonna say <laughs> who. <laughs> well, yeah. Two, two years. I, mean, I, remember, I remember Anderson Silva used to jump up on a weekend saying, huh, yeah. huh, I'll just come to a Light weight and knock somebody out. Yep. And he did that to James Irwin. He did that to Forrest Griffin. He did that. To, uh, oh my God, I'm forgetting. And it's just a knockout. That means that old age is happening. Well, he faced DC and DC couldn't take him down. And dude, DC took him down, but DC couldn't do anything out of He was still locked in half guard. DC, in fact, in the third round, he hurt DC with a body kick. Correct. He had hurt him enough for DC to be worried. Correct. And that was a short notice fight. I think seven days, ten days yeah, or something on I mean those like, lines. You know? I mean like and props to DC also for doing it. And that's what I'm saying, it's it's this, you know, Conor McGregor's hype was is is now has changed into a legend. Yeah. He's no longer the yeah. hype. He's now become the legend that is Conor yeah. McGregor. Absolutely. And that being said, has been an awesome conversation with Mr. Kamara. We've had our picks. We've put out the hype trains. We maybe have missed a couple of names. We might be wrong about a few things, but that's an invitation for you to join the conversation. Get in on the ground floor with us on our social media platforms on IBM Podcasts, at IBM Podcasts, on Instagram. And guys, keep watching. We're coming back for our final segment when we discuss UFC 270, the heavyweights clash. And of course, the trilogy ends with Moreno and Figueredo for that flyweight belt. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after these short messages. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Fighting Goat where Mystic Chips and Superhuman Camera just spoke about the hype Trains in MMA, good or bad? We spoke. We had hey, you given- had a you had a ten minute emotional segment. Also. <laughs> I was like I was like shit, dude. I, I was joking earlier. <laughs> I mean, ऐसा भड़ास निकल निकलता हुआ मैंने देखा ही नहीं well, but speaking about hype trains, good or bad, we are going to speak on <laughs> UFC 270, which yes, is happening this Sunday, the 23rd of What's January. What's the card? What's the card? Tell us it's, the card. It's happening on 23rd January. The card? Catch it only on Sony 10. One, but two, uh, guys, 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 But it's so depressing that because of COVID, we would have been opening the show at 7.30 yes! in the morning for the 8.30 a.m. card. We would have had a one-hour pre-show and a one-hour post-show. And it is such a tragedy that we are not going to be in the studio for the UFC 270 card. And, but that Mm. being said, please join us at 12 p.m. on Sunday for our, we're doing a special post-show wrap-up of UFC 270 on my Instagram profile where Mr. Kamra will join us. So that is a live Q&A session, a live discussion for half an hour where you guys can come in and ask us your questions live and we will entertain each and every one of you absolutely so on tv you don't get to speak to us you can only write to yeah. us via twitter but yeah. we are doing an insta live on 23rd of january at 12 pm I to say 23rd january huh? yeah 23rd january you can log on to mystic chips on instagram i will be there live it's going to be 12 o'clock on 23rd january right after ufc 270 which is happening in anaheim california Guys, all right, let's go the, to the fight card now. Come on, the come fight on, card on, come on, come on, as of come on, come on. now that is released. It's only four fights. I think they may mm-hmm. add one more. It's a four fight card at the moment where Cody Stamin is taking on Said Narga hey, is that Khabib, brother? I think he's his cousin. Okay, Michael Pereira is taking on Andre Filio, Michel Pereira, Michel Pereira. The co-main event in the flyweight division is the trilogy between the Mexican Brandon Moreno and the Brazilian Davison Figueiredo. My God, it's going to be a war. I saw the pictures of Davison Figueiredo. He's he looking, looking insane. insane. He's looking in great shape. Let's not count him out, boss. <laughs> no, Davison Figueiredo, the god of war, is coming back. And the main event of the evening, of course, could be another high train between the champ Francis Ngannou taking on his former teammate and Frenchman Sihil Gann, Gan. oh who's, the, who's the interim champ. So man, the, it's, yes. the, it's a the unification, unification yeah. of a belt. Yep. It's yep. a unification it's- for the belt. So let's get right into it. The co-main event of the evening, Brandon Moreno, who shocked the world and submitted Figueredo. Or is it going to be Figueredo coming back? For revenge. You know, it's very hard to tell. You know, there are, you know, Figueredo is not the kind of man who makes excuses. But if yeah. you look at that entire scenario, he had just come back from his recovery from COVID. Yeah. He was not in the best shape. He looked sluggish. He did not look like the Davison Figueredo that we saw in the first fight. Right. But you can see he's taken, he's taken, he's found a new strength and conditioning coach. He's found a new dietitian. Yeah. His new diet, we saw his shape, man. He looks smaller, he's looking sharper, he's looking quicker, he looks so light, he looks stocked, he's stacked, he's very ripped, Correct. He's full of muscle, but he's looking like he's made weight. I think he's looking like he's now embraced that flyweight. Well, well I, I s- used to joke around saying that Yes. I want to see Figueredo on a scale on the day of the fight. Yeah, he's probably but at welterweight. <laughs> he's probably at 165. Easy, easy. Yeah, yeah. And I think he's looking, he's looking like he's settling. Remember when even guys like Aldo, when guys like Khabib, they took a couple of years to settle into a weight class. Yes. Yes. They took, Aldo had trouble making weight at 145 for a while. Right, okay. uh, And yeah. now he Khab- fights at 135. <laughs> now he fights at 135. It's all about nutrition and, you know, and exercise. Yes. And Khabib for that matter, Khabib also made had so much trouble making weight. And you know, to 155, and he still says it's the hardest thing he had to do is cutting that weight. That is why in Eagle FC we have a 165 category. Yeah, that's fantastic, man. 165 is perfect. 165. We should have a, I think the UFC should also adopt. I think we should just do free weights, but then it'll be called pride. Correct. I (laughs) will call it pride only, (laughs) now. Well, but let's get back to UFC. (laughs) Two seventy. (laughs) How is that allowed? In what universe? (laughs) But yeah, but Figredo, you know, UFC two seventy Figredo is looking insane. uh. But we can never count out the baby face assassin, Brandon Moreno, who is there. He smiles. He's cool. He's he's yeah, happy. Brandon's the favorite now. He's he's the favorite leading into the fight. He is. He is yeah, the yeah. favorite. He is the favorite. So, Mystic Chips, if I had to put Figueroa versus Brandon Moreno this Sunday, who is your pick? It's... You know I have been on a little bit of a hot streak uh, where I've been seeing a few things in the mystic ball so as to speak right um, do not misunderstand that for any sort of hallucination <laughs> because here at the fighting world we only get drunk <laughs> alcohol Daru. we are also about 25 years of age so manush <laughs> government please be uh, no <laughs> my point is that I'm seeing sometimes sometimes you know fighters don't make that don't make excuses for their losses yeah keep their heads down uh, tend to be the one some of the most dangerous guys in the world absolutely David yes Figueredo was a marauder in that division. He got it done and for the first time in his life in, his, in the last two fights he faced off against a credible challenger who yes. took the fight to him and he didn't have an easy way because before that he was winning in first round finishes submitting guys in the first round. And and now I see this uh, you know what he did to Joseph Benevides twice was nothing oh short of spectacular. God. I mean poor Joseph Benevides he had to quit the sport after that last he loss. He did. He did. And I think this is not the end of Davison Figueredo. He's going to come back with a bang and I think he takes his belt back. Oh, wow. So, are you saying and new? And new. I'm Ooh. saying and new. I have two and new's. Oh, my God. No ways. Okay. So, you know what? To be honest, even for this one, I feel it's... No, you know what? Let me just let me just go on the opposite side. I think it's going to be Brandon Moreno. Let me just make it simple. Let me make it competitive because on the Insta Live that we're doing on the 23rd of January at 12 o'clock, mm-hmm. we'll have yet another debate. So why to be on the same boat? I would just say Brandon Moreno. No, there will not be any debate. There will just be Dutka <laughs> will, They would will have realized that team camera is not the one to pick. <laughs> <laughs> so is it going to be Model College versus Rajput College so, <laughs> संजु, संजु संजु <laughs> संजु, संजु <laughs> and a Joe wala scenario So, shankar bike sanju 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 bike to go and meet that chick he gets and then no, what was the brothers thing ratan 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 and then, to, and then, usne to paise chori I know so until you do all that, we are not talking about model college oh, versus <laughs> Rajput, college. Rajput College. But yeah, so Team Camera is going to be and still, which means Brandon Moreno retains the belt. Mystic Chips is going and new, yes, sir, which is the Brazilian Davison Figueroa. And the now, God of war. to the main event of the evening in the heavyweight division, it's Predator time, it's Predator. The Frenchman. The Frenchman. Two both Fran- French Francis Ngano taking on his rival Frenchman, former friend, former training partner, former Wellwisher, Cyril Ghan. You know, I, I love how the way people say people are now referring to him as a former Wellwisher because there was this, there was this uh, Instagram clip that I saw of Francis Naganu walking past Cyril Gan, yeah. Gan and his team. Yeah. And considering that they were friends for so long, I don't know what has gone down in the last few months in terms yeah. of the bad blood getting so bad that he didn't even look at them he just walked on past and everybody else stopped in to say hi to siligan and he, and siligan's looking at francis saying like arey that you're not even looking at me anymore. Correct. And I, Correct. Think, I think this is this is, I think these are all mind games that maybe Francis Nagano is playing. Maybe right. these are strategies. And the thing is that both these men have been very secretive about what they're doing in their training camps. Well, you know, did we also see this when Usman was facing Burns and Burns thought he'll have a friend standing there, but Usman came in with the heat? Yeah, but the thing is that Usman is the difference between Usman and Burns was that Burns had, you know, Burns as good as a fighter as he is, there was a level disparity. Yes. In, in this contest saying we, we typically have a slugger versus a technician matchup. Because Correct. Francis Nagano has all the power in the world. If he can touch you, he will knock your head off. Absolutely. And Cyril Gan is this next generation, high level kickboxer, well-rounded mixed martial artist, composed, calm, has a gas tank, has great cardio. And he brings, he's been proving that every fight. So it's going to be a very interesting fight to see. Wow. So in fact, it's also Francis Ngannou who clearly said in an interview that when he walked past Cyril Gan, he has no issues with Cyril Gan. It's the coach that he has an issue with. Cyril Gan's and Francis oh. Ngannou's former coach who was also there. He said he's had a lot of issues with him and he didn't guide him correctly and blah, 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 but blah. Don't and you feel... Don't you feel that Nagano is also having a lot of issues with the brass, the management? He's been well, absolutely very vocal about been very vocal about his financial situation. Now, don't get us wrong, it's not like Francis Nagano is out going and buying whatever he wants. It's his money, he can do what the hell he wants. Yeah. But he's using it for humanitarian purposes. He came back money to his village. Yes, still yes. Has, he's, you know, he still has running developmental programs there, which is a very noble thing to do. And you know, knowing Correct. Dana White, he'll probably help him support him doing that. Correct. He will support because a lot of fighters that want to do philanthropic work, like how uh, Dustin Poirier has his charity, Correct. Francis Nagano wants to help his neighborhood. And I'm guaranteed that the UFC would help them out in any way that they can. Well, absolutely, charity. yes. But you know, what's happening right now is I personally feel there are some of these fighters who get Carried away. And when I say carried away, I'm also looking at the fact that, you know, the boxers are calling out Francis Ngannou, Logan Paul, Jake That's Paul. Tyson Fury, man. Uh, Tyson know? Fury is calling him out saying, Well, I'll fight you in four-rounds gloves, in MMA gloves. Correct. And and I'm just like, come on. I mean, you know, you know, Francis is not, he's not a how old is Francis Ngannou right now, man? I and mean, is he what? He's, I think he's in his early 30s. I'm I'm not I'm not very sure. I oh, can... he's in his early thirties. Okay. Yeah. I was I was I thought he was if he was in his late 20s, that makes sense because you know a couple of boxing fights and you can retire. Correct. And but the thing is that Francis has all the tools to be a good champion. Oh, he's 35. Today. Sorry. I just checked. He's 35. Ah, see, herein lies the f- interesting part now. At Correct. 35 years of age, and now with his last fight up on his contract, yeah. It depends on the manner in which he wins or loses, also. Well, 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 Ghan 31. So yeah, big difference, man. 31, 35. Do I have to tell you the difference? Dude, come on. When you you turned 35, I couldn't barely bend down. Yeah. (laughs) 31, I was doing cartwheels. (laughs) It's a funny situation here because now he's on his last contract. It depends now if it's going to be, if Francis Nagaru wins, he becomes, and then leaves. He's in a commanding position for that money. Well, see, I completely agree. But do you think Francis Ngannou's team has also kind of flirted with the idea of one boxing match, maybe $10 million versus half a million in a UFC fight? No, that is exactly what he's looking at. He's looking at that big payday, which is fair, man. It's fair. Guys like Woodley went and looked looked for it after their careers. Right. You know what? Why don't we appreciate the fact that this man is doing it in his prime? Maybe he doesn't want to wait till till he's been knocked out a few times. Well, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Yes. So this is a beautiful background for all the listeners about the main event that's coming up UFC 270, Francis Nganu versus Cyril Ghan. But before all of that, Mystic Chips, what is your pick? And you. Fourth round (laughs) stoppage. Fourth round stoppage. Oh, really? That's a bold prediction. Cyril Ghan is the new champ, according to Mystic Mac. I, again, am going to be going on the opposite board. I think Francis Ngannou keeps his belt. However, I think he would leave the UFC after this and look on to greener pastures, maybe one or two boxing fights, and then he calls it a career. Because then he goes maybe. back to his village in Cameroon. And does charity work? That is what I feel will happen. But for me, it's and still, Francis Nganu knocks out Cyril Gan. But ladies and gentlemen, if you want to win some awesome, awesome, awesome fighting boat merchandise, please make your picks, tag us, hashtag us on all social media platforms. My Instagram ID is somesh.kamra and on Twitter, it's somesh underscore Mystic Chips, what are yours? So on Instagram, I'm at Arjun Chips and on Twitter, I'm at The Mystic Chips. So guys, tag us, hashtag us, tag IVM Studios for your chance to win some awesome merchandise and also get into the conversation. So ladies and gentlemen, that is it from the hosts of The Fighting Goat. We'll see you same time next week only on IVMPodcast.com. Before that, stay safe, get the jab if you haven't got your second dose as yet. Get the booster, wear your mask, be safe and take care of yourself. We'll see you next week, same time, same place only on The Fighting Coat.